Oh, 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 also, you know what? You'd, you'd all be really proud because you're funny American people. I've got a baseball sat on my desk like Commander Cisco, and it's a Star Wars baseball. Nice. Very nice. I'll send you a photo of it. Yeah, please. And you're like, what do I do with this? <laughs> it's not a cricket ball. I sit here and I just toss it up in the air and play with it. Yeah. It's not a cricket that's, that's, ball. That's what we do in America, too. Don't worry about it. The Flat Frontier. These are the voyages of the Pancake Enterprise. Its rotoscoped mission. To repeat the same animation and music. To transcend the limitations of 70s animation. To go boldly where no cartoon has gone before. Toon Trek. Based upon Star Trek. Created by Gene Roddenberry. Starring... Paul Spataro. Also starring Dave Pascarella. With Bill Robinson. And Andrew Leyland as Andy. Production assistants J. David Wheater. Hello and welcome to What's whatever we're doing. Show? I still don't know the name of this show. Hello! Toon Trek! We're doing Toon Trek! Oh. I'll do the whole song if you are now. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, you fucker. He only, came, he only came up with the song so that he could get the residuals on it. That's right. Jeez. Yes, I only and made he... lyrics to that so I could get paid extra money. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> I'm expecting that check at any minute, Paul. As a lawyer, I am trusting you. You do know that, right? Well, you know, as a lawyer, we are all very uh, trust, you know, trustworthy people. Yeah. That would be the first <laughs> we're, we're known for that. <laughs> Shyster. Andy Roddenberry over there. <laughs> Where's my cut? And play, from this point forward, playing the part of Bill will be Angela. <laughs> <laughs> Andy. Oh, wait. <laughs> what was that? That was that like was Bill's you know. Angela invitation. <laughs> well, I don't I, I I don't want to do a Monty Python. I mean, oh yeah, you know I yes, don't want Angela to sound like that. Because that one would be he's more insulting than what you did. <laughs> he's, not, he's a very naughty boy. He'd sound like Terry Jones. Yeah, I know. Or I could be. Oh, we got spam, 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 spam. Oh, spam. Hey, spam. Oh, all right. It's got anything without spam in it? Well, this I one has spam. less spam. <laughs> Love the spam skit. Why is there a penguin on the telly? I don't know. I just Stop it. Stop it. This is getting silly. Let's do what we should be doing. <laughs> now, wait a minute. Are you just going off with the Monty Python sketch? Are you telling... Oh, wait. You're telling me to get I'll to never it. tell. Ah, okay. So let's, let's we'll, we'll Toon- move it along. We have no Star Trek news. So what episode are we doing today? There's no Star Trek news. I mean, I thought uh, Star Trek Discovery was uh, closed down uh, because of COVID. Uh, <laughs> you know what? Who cares? It sucks. Anyway, moving on. So, <laughs> and if I offended someone, too bad. Words, bones. What do you really think? So. 
We are here today to talk about The Infinite Vulcan, Season 1, Episode 7 of Star Trek The Animated Series, which was directed by Hal Sutherland and written by, oh, I don't know, Mr. Bester. <laughs> it was written by Mr. Bester, and he did it really sinister because he was just put his leather gloves on. Oh, because he wore all black. Because of his leather gloves. He came in with a black script with a little, you know, sidecore com badge on the back of his hand. So you guys didn't watch Babylon 5, did you? Or you don't remember? Yes. Never, oh. never watched it. Loved it. What? You've never watched it? Never seen any episodes. Oh my Walter Koning is uh, very good in that. Yes, he's very good. He's better in that than he ever was in Star Trek, apart from when he yes. said stuff like it was invented by a little old lady from Leningrad. <laughs> I'm sure he's better in that than he is in the animated series. He's, he's, he's a bit 2D in the animated series. 2D? He's not even on the screen. Exactly. Ah, so, this was written by Mr. Koning, and his original air date was October 20th, 1973, and I think I was like four. So I, I was barely, I was barely a fetus. Oh, no, I'll have been nearly one, 73. And he was a zygote. Yes. <laughs> Wait, those those shape-changing things are Dr. Oh, that's a zygon. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> But as a kid, I knew that zygote was something to do with blood because of the names of the zygons. Terror of the zygotes. Well, that doesn't sound right at all. So, I guess I will jump right into the plot, unless we have anything else to uh, discuss about the... Uh, I, I'll just get on. Get on with it! And then we'll discuss. While exploring the newly discovered planet Phylos for a possible... Blah, let me start that again. While exploring the newly discovered planet Phylos for possible Federation colonization, Lieutenant Sulu picks up a walking plant called a ret a retlaw. All right, and is poisoned backwards. What could, could Federation yeah, colonization <laughs> could Federation colonization be like a Schoolhouse Rock song? Federation <laughs> colonization. Phylos is the place for it going on. What have know. I done? What did I do to you, Paul? What did I do? What have I created? <laughs> yeah, have I I'm just... Uh, it's, it's like the scene in Scarface. And look at you now. You're, <laughs> you're just a mess. <laughs> you did what you had to do. What you always do. Turn every goddamn thing into a musical. <laughs> <laughs> I did not catch it. That was Walter backwards. Hmm. Actually, wasn't that in the notes, though? I, it, yes, I, maybe it is in the notes. And is poisoned by a stinger. Ow! The plant-like alien beings who inhabit the planet approach the Enterprise landing party and their leader, Agmar. As voiced by James Doohan. <laughs> Save Sulu's life. The Philosians say they were nearly wiped out by a mild terrestrial disease. COVID! Oh, sorry. Well, it's not that mild. That was brought to the planet by Dr. Stavos Caniculus. As voiced by James Doohan. <laughs> I think that should be a new feature every time. <laughs> a Terran scientist who survived Earth's eugenics wars. Okay. I guess there is no really joke there for you to throw in, Paul. I thought you were going to say, as voiced by James Doohan. He didn't voice the eugenic wars. <laughs> well, you never know. Well, a giant clone of Caniculus, named... As Caniculus voiced by I. James Doohan. 
kidnaps First Officer Spock. Caniculus, don't say it every time, <laughs> has survived through the centuries by periodically transferring his consciousness into a new, more advanced clone body. He believes the galaxy is a war ravaged is as war ravaged as Earth was when he left it. He plans to enforce peace on the galaxy with the aid of a fleet of Felosian ships and a giant clone of Spock. That is as voiced by, by Leonard Nimoy. Oh. <laughs> that he's created by transferring Spock's consciousness into it, leaving Spock's original body a mindless shell. Huh. Like we've never seen that before. I'll say brain, 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 brain. What is brain? The newly uh, narf. No, Wait, that's Pinky. The newly awakened Spock Two uses his Vulcan telepathic abilities to mind meld with his original self and save his life. Hmm, where will we see that in the future? It's almost like that was made into a plot in a movie. Hmm. Hmm. The two Spocks, in concert with Captain James T. Kirk, form a barbershop. Uh, <laughs> the two Spocks in concert. <laughs> Tonight only at the Palladium, the two Sparks with James T. Kirk. <laughs> when Jack comes out and does Rocket Man. <laughs> Rocket Man! <laughs> and the two Sparks do the ballad of Bilbo Baggins. Oh. He's Ooh, Bilbo. Just imagine Bilbo, it with harmony. Bilbo Baggins. Oh, brilliant. Oh. And yeah, yeah, you were mocking, but you know we would all go and watch that concert. In a and we would just eat it up. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Wait, suddenly I'm Floyd the Barber from Manager. <clears throat> oh, yes, yes, I have my tickets. I'm all ready. How much did a haircut like this cost? Oh, oh. <laughs> Andy, make sure you bring by Opie again. Yes, yes. <laughs> I don't know what you're doing, but it sounds creepy as hell in headphones. You, you, should, you have to see well, it on, on, just, on Second City TV. It's hilarious. Gosh, gosh, Floyd, you just cut Opie's hair last week. Oh, I know, I know. <laughs> if you know what I mean. I think it was anyway, Eugene, Eugene Levy that did it on on Second City. Yeah, was it – what? Or did they didn't they do something like that on Saturday Night Live to where it was like it was turned into a crack town or something? It was yeah, just well like, that was oh. that was uh, yeah, and it was it was when Ron Howard hosted it, and That's and, it. And, and the episode was Opie's back. Opie's back, and Eddie <laughs> played Floyd, and it was, yeah. he's like Floyd, you're black. Oh yes, yes. Opie. <laughs> <laughs> but when they did it on Second City TV, they had a. Uh, <laughs> they cut to a scene with Gomer singing a song, and then, but they didn't even bother to pretend that it was Jim Neighbors. They said it's Fred Travelina. Doesn't he sound like Gomer? <laughs> 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 and it was the Merv Griffith show. <laughs> there is an episode of Star Trek where Captain <laughs> Kirk walks past Floyd's barbershop. Remember Star Trek? Yes, yes, oh, that was the city on the. Isn't that the city on the edge of forever, or was there that on? Is it Mary? City on the edge of forever. Well, it was probably all the same set anyway, and I think they mm. used that for the turn of the Archons, too. The same town set. So, anyway, in concert, the two Spocks, <laughs> in concert with Captain James T. Kirk, convinced Caniculus that the need for his plan no longer exists. Spock 2, Electric Boogaloo, and Caniculus 5, I want to jive, devote themselves <laughs> to restoring the Felosian civilization as Spock 1, the only one, departs with his shipmates. 
as credits roll. <laughs> On Nucleus 5 wants to jive. Right, well, I, it's not too electric boogaloo. I'm, I'm not hip with the kids. I'm not down with the lingo anymore. So I'm like a couple decades back. Because oh, I, got, I got jokes and they're dad jokes and I got them for days. So, who wants to clone themselves forever? Who wants to clone forever? But now, now the animated series is supposed to be canon, isn't it? Well, it was, and then it wasn't, and then it was. And then I think she didn't want it to be canon because I'm sure somebody was going to get a cut if it was. Uh, wasn't that the thing we read early on? So. But it, re- it really just, uh, it really just totally invalidates the, the Star Trek 3. Yeah, it's just like, wait a minute. It's like almost we like, could just go back and get the giant clone. Or well, well, okay, yeah, it does invalidate that. Or it cemented further, and that Spock already knew how to do this, and well, everybody else forgot. He implanted his consciousness in McCoy because this had already been done in this episode. Well, it also shows that that it's not nearly as dangerous as they tried to make it sound yeah. at the end. You know, well, Sarek was just pretending that it was dangerous. Well, yeah, but Spox was doing it to himself. You know, you had that old lady doing it uh, with the shaky hands. Oh. You choose to change it. <laughs> but in mind, this was specifically not a mind meld. This was a mind touch. So he put his giant finger on his head. <laughs> you just pushed a little too hard. Oh, oh my God! I'm sorry. Can we get Spock three, please, and shrink him? Spock three. Spock three. It wasn't me. I swear to God. Oh my God. Why did Spock two suddenly become from like Brooklyn? Spock two is Joe Pesci. I wasn't aware that the whole galaxy was at peace. Yeah. I mean, it seemed like a few minutes ago we had the Klingon problem, the Romulan problem. Well, you got the Kazinti problem. Do any of you know who the Kazinti are? Have you ever heard of that? Yeah, it's a Larry Niven novel, isn't it? Yes, the Man Man versus Kazin Wars novels. They were big back when I was... uh, Back when I was a wee lad, much like Ben. Who but those, those were subsequent to this episode, though, right? Those were building on it, the name from this episode. They didn't, not the other way around. I don't, because if he'd done that, then he would owe Paramount money. Mm. And I kind of think that's unlikely. It's more likely that the novels predate this, because Larry Niven does ultimately go on to write an episode of this. But the, the whole being able to clone yourself and just kind of put your memory in there and then have two of you, it, it's the Thomas Riker thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I didn't even make that connection. Yeah. But, you know... Well, it, yeah, it, so it, there's two spots. So whatever happened to this spot? <laughs> uh, he just continues to walk around the galaxy as a 20-foot Vulcan. He hangs out with the Ameridroid. Yeah. <laughs> when you're cloning somebody... Right. I would imagine that's quite hard to do, to clone somebody. Why Why would you make your clone 20 feet tall? You know, I was wondering that. I was thinking maybe uh, each time you do it, it gets bigger. Uh, like, kind of like using the light. So like maybe it's a bad photocopy machine, you know. Each time, ah, the next one came out a little bit bigger. 
That's a little bit bigger. That's it's stuck bigger. on the enlarge feature. Yeah, I mean, I I, I was kind of wondering that too. On... <laughs> uh, it's too expensive to get a new machine. Just use this. The copy is stuck on Air Three. The Xerox repair guy's off today. <laughs> I can't get any service out here. Finals. Oh, Can you hear me now? <laughs> the plant race was, uh, you know. I think the design was kind of interesting. That was apparently entirely curious, wasn't that? That that was entirely a Gene Roddenberry thing because uh, when I read some notes on this, uh, Walter Koenig did not have that in there and thought it was very silly. Didn't Mm. you know? He he didn't think it hurt the episode, but he didn't. You know, that wasn't his thing. It's the Triffids. It's 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 Gene Roddenberry saying, "Oh, we're animated. We can come up with all these you know weird races." Which he's done numerous times on the show. Well, why not? I mean, you know. And plant, plants are alive, they're just not sentient. Well, neither, neither are uh, holodecks. That's very true. Are people in the holodeck, unless you're Professor Moriarty, obviously. Uh, I think it, you know it, it's it's kind of like all right, Walter. You know we're not going to have you on the show because we're going to save like ten dollars a month by not having you. Uh, but 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 well, I'll throw you a bone and I'll let you write an episode, but then I'll make you rewrite it sixteen times before we'll actually try and produce it. Mm. And that's the thing is, what was wrong with this that he had to rewrite it so many times? We'll never know. Or if we do, we just didn't bother to research it enough. I can't imagine there was that much to it that he had to keep rewriting it and rewriting it. Yeah, apparently he did. Did this go to like six drafts? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> Which is remarkable for a half-hour animated TV show, really. A lot of TV shows don't go through six drafts, let alone animated. You know, maybe, maybe he thought. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. I got a science question, and we got nobody here to answer that. Go ahead. Maybe, maybe he thought this was going to be the script for Star Trek: The Motion Picture. <laughs> sentient <laughs> plants. Sentient machines, sentient plants. The triffids, the body snatches. Hmm. Uh, so, well, go ahead. Long science time, question. I, go done biology how can they uh just wondering how well i mean you know it's alien it could be anything that how the um they what so what did caniculus have he had the like streptococcus or something what are you laughing at i think that's what it says here in the notes yeah yeah. it's still funny yeah he just likes the word streptococcus you see he's laughing again so how does that make a plant sterile? And can a plant be sterile? I mean, that's a whole different process. Yeah. I think it can. Mm. But how can because a human virus? How can a human virus? I mean, yeah, science, bi- xenoscience, whatever. Shut up, Bill. Move on. Because don't they do something with seeds and certain? Oh, plants yeah, you're right. I like, think they can make them. Yeah. Well, I'm so you can't yeah, just isn't that plant with, them. But wait, isn't that with radiation? 
cannot biology. Plot. Plot. The plot made the ple- the plant people sterile. The plot made the plant people Pelosians well, sterile. I'm gonna I'm gonna give just a small amount of forgiveness on that. Just saying, well, you know what? This is still a an animated series that has. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, it's airing on Saturday mornings. Whether it's aimed at children or not, it's still going to have a large, you know, young audience. Mm-hmm. It's going to be the very, very large majority of the viewers on it, at least at that time. So you kind of have to just kind of, you know, dumb things down a little bit, no matter what. Yeah, because let's not even get into the whole thing about you're just cloning yourself, like the whole uh, the spirituality concept of like you transfer the soul is there a soul you know it's like if if i'm just photocopying myself forever is is it is is it you know is is the copy going to degrade over time you know i don't know you know you you run into some some issues there just you know from a logistic point of view uh i think if if my memory is correct it said it was like 250 years and he had five clones. That means every time he gets to 50 years old, he says, okay, time for a new clone. Uh, so what he's doing is he's cloning himself before he starts to, uh, you know, before he gets to the before point he where, where to age die. Yeah. is going to, you know, potentially he's going to, you know, contract something that's going to kill him. But, you know, what happens if, you know, just somebody comes over and bashes him in the head with a hammer, you know, some plant guy or something? I am uh, you know, then it's done. He's done. <laughs> But I guess his, his logistics is, you know, you hit 50, you're already past your, uh, you know, your, your physical uh, peak, so it's time to get a new one. But what do you do with the old one? Uh, recycle? Plant food. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> so did Caniculus create calm? Yeah, that's, well, that's, that's something we should yeah, hit on, because it was the eugenics wars. That's, that's mm-hmm. a cool callback in this. Yeah, he, it's like... What was his disagreement, and wasn't wasn't Khan in power at this time, or or did you know Khan chose to leave Earth, uh, so was Khan did Khan kick Caniculus off, or was Caniculus kicked off by the authorities after Khan? Oh, did, did they even know each other? Although presumably he would True. have known who Khan was, wouldn't he? Because he uh-huh. ruled a quarter of planet Earth, didn't he? Uh-huh. Khan's a space seed. Mm-hmm. They offered the world order. Well, it says, but left Earth after a losing a bitter disagreement with Earth authorities over the need, his view, or lack thereof, the Earth authorities' view, for a genetically superior master race. Oh, so actually, hmm. So he, would so he was pro-con. kicked off because he was pro-con. Hmm. Pro-con sounds like it's Latin. Hmm. He's pro-con. <laughs> pro-con. Anticon. Sounds like a stomach treatment. You want to be regular, have Procon. <laughs> 200 milligrams of Procon every morning. Yeah, but that Procon, you got to do that whole weird thing when you wake up going... You know, with all the music playing. And then you pull the bathroom door open like that. Oh, my God. You've been using I didn't realize Procon, you haven't you? Light a match, would you? So this this is like they were looking for a lifeless planet for Genesis. You're not drawing me. They, out. <laughs> they were I'm looking not, for colonization. I'm not falling for your veiled ploy to make me say Genesis. Oh, see, I can't stop myself. 
It's shocking how easy it is you fall into these traps. Yeah, we, you know one, one episode, you know we, we got a radiation and a genesis out of him. <laughs> it's very you know impressive. It me to go to the Hyundai dealership, and when they work on my car, and I look over and see a Hyundai Genesis, and I'm just sitting there going, then I got to whisper, Genesis. Because obviously, if I'm just sitting there in the middle of the showroom going, Genesis. I would I would love it if, if if they said oh do you want to take a test drive and you could say no is SUV forbidden <laughs> <laughs> well we could go back here on Mutara Street ah Mutara Street forbidden <laughs> I thought there's there is actually some good stuff in this I know he's got a nice handle on the characters. I like that for one of the few times in Star Trek's history, they actually acknowledge that going to an alien planet may give you some kind of bacteria that humans may not be able to cope or that, with. Or that the life on there may kill you. Yeah. So there was, there was nice that they actually acknowledge that you know, not all planets are a nice stage on the Paramount lot. Some may be dangerous. So that was quite cool. And there's some nice dialogue in it. And he gives Sulu a lot to do, which George probably thanked him for. Even the corny joke at the end was was entertaining. There's lots of good background animation in this one as well. Did you notice a lot of the backgrounds in this one are really good? Mm-hmm. Like up there with original series map paintings, I thought. So there's a lot to like about this, but overall you're just left with the end of the episode being really silly. In that, so there's just a you're just going to leave this 20 foot clone of Spot wandering around. <laughs> I kept thinking he was going to sell vegetables. Ho ho ho! Oh. Oh, <laughs> He's oh, picking dear. up the flosians. They're like, no, no! There's only five of us. What are you doing? I am a vegetarian. Oh my god, Spock's a vegetarian. He's going to eat them. So he's a cannibal. <laughs> That's very true. So on this planet, they're sentient. So can he not eat them then? Ooh. Well, he could just cut their vocal cords. <laughs> I can't hear the screams of my vegetables. <laughs> See, I could do so many voices. James Doohan, I know you're dead, but screw you, man. Up, You should have upped your game, buddy. Yeah, the thing is, you'd probably want like $5 a voice. And every voice. For, and- he did it for two fifty a voice. <laughs> yeah, undercut me. I liked uh, when uh, they cure Sulu of the poison and McCoy says we don't have anything that works that fast and I kept thinking you should have really? added on unless I invented it Miri the deadly is give her a kidney <laughs> yeah I do pretty well the rest of the uh, medical profession maybe not so much well Sulu is kind of a dope though because you know he doesn't know what that thing is and well, let, me just, let me just play guy. with it <laughs> It reminds me of, what was it, Beauregard, his plant? Yes, in uh, The Man Trap. Yeah, the one that was uh, some... It was a hand. His hand. (laughs) It was so obviously a hand, it was ridiculous. (laughs) And and then he's so lackadaisical. Oh, it's just the thorn. (laughs) (laughs) Idiot. Oh, my. I can't believe Uhura dropped a Diogenes reference. 
You know, we talk about this being, oh, it's just a show for kids. How many kids are going to, oh, Diogenes? Well, I know what that is. Mom, Dad, can you tell me about Diogenes, the cynic, please? And Mom what? and Dad would go, if I tell you, you won't learn anything. Get out the dictionary. What the hell does that mean? Here's an encyclopedia. Learn something. Huh? What's the, ed- oh, wait, the internet wasn't around then. All right, when I was a kid, we had books, and we liked it. You mean the things they use to hold up those shelves now? No, it's what you prop your furniture up with when you break a leg on a couch. I did that with some phone books. It worked for a while. You remember phone books? Yeah, see, that's going back. I used to rip them in half. (laughs) Yes, but one page at a time. It took six months. Wow. Yeah. I love the weapons deactivator. Makes makes me think if they came down with a forty five, it wouldn't have been a problem. Well, it might have deactivated the powder. Yeah. Doesn't yeah. say what kind of weapons yet. <clears throat> like it would make a knife not work. Yeah. Uh, uh. It won't cut well, you. Well, don't they say that in the episode? What do we need to go down there with knives oh, and yeah, clubs? Oh yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, just a salad spoon, a salad fork. <laughs> Now, is this the last episode? Because all I kept thinking was when McCoy comes up with his grandfather's secret weapon. Yeah. It's, it's DDT. They're yeah. all dead. Or, yeah. it's Yeah. Weed killer. <laughs> yeah. My my uh, my uncle had a great recipe. Like, Could why you... do you remember the why? It, what? 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 Uh, whatever. If all the things like, well, it's good to know that in the twenty third, twenty fourth, whatever century we're in, we're we're still using DDT. Right. <laughs> Everybody's gonna get. That's it. great. Kids can play in it. You know, it was the seventies. We didn't know any better. I'm surprised he didn't light up a cigarette while he was spraying. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, back to to Walter Koenig. It's according to the notes it said he asked to play the part of Dr. Caniculus in the episode. Roddenberry and Fontana approved, and the show's producers allowed him to audition, but he said later he suspected it was a very token gesture, and they were not seriously considering him. No, 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 we have James Dewan. He's going to do, like, a totally different voice on that. So we can't afford you as a series regular. We certainly can't afford you as a guest star. What a... just... You know, realistically, when they said, do you want to write an episode, he should have said, fuck you. (laughs) You know, it would have been funny if they hired uh, Michael Forrest, the guy who played Apollo. Oh, <laughs> He's used yeah. to big roles. He was still around. Yeah. He's still around, I think. He's still around. He did the he did the remake when they did the uh, yeah Star Trek continues. Yep. Yep. He's he's elderly now, but he's around. Yep. Well, that's because people stopped worsh- wor- wor- worshiping him. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So I mean, you, you, you get into all sorts of uh, you know ethical issues with the cloning process and the transferring of the mind and all of that stuff that could be going on. But uh, mm-hmm. you know, the, the the show doesn't really evaluate that at all. It doesn't you know? It's it's only an issue as you think about it. There's nothing. There's no point in it where they start contemplating the morality or you know ethical issues or anything like that they're just like oh yeah yeah he cloned him yeah we we got a big spock and a little spock it's good <laughs> let me tap you with my finger Boop. 
Who's a good Spock? <laughs> you are. <laughs> I like to, he, he accidentally crushes little Spock's skull. <laughs> Poof. <laughs> Just think, they could have gotten parts in the uh, space remake of Smokey and the Bandit. I'm <laughs> Big Spock. This is my son, little Spock. I didn't know that Walter Koenig wrote for Land of the Lost and created the character of Enoch. Hmm. Hmm. Which, if I remember correctly, in the Land of the Lost movie, didn't Walter, uh, no, Leonard Nimoy played a part in that movie, voiced one of the characters. I think he voiced the villain, though, or am I wrong? Hmm. I know. We're just babbling now. Well, I think we will we will return to the cloning question in the next generation in the episode When the Bow Breaks, where they will discuss how many times you can clone somebody before it comes a problem. It's no problem. <laughs> Isn't that why they stopped using clones in Star Wars? That the clone degeneration just happened? Hmm. Maybe they wanted this. Well, you know what? <laughs> if if Gene Roddenberry was a cloner, he'd be like, "Ah, we not. We need to come up with a new clone because I'm tired of paying this guy every time we rat, rat, rattle off a clone." <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna clone myself. See, I think uh, you know, just to cross the streams into Star Wars, you figure you would need a clone army for the Great Republic. Once it becomes a dictatorship. You don't want all these people just sitting around thinking about things. Put them in the army. Well, that's what they did. Well, I mean, you know, that's the average person was. I don't think they were drafted. They drafted me. <laughs> You're revered. What's the name? Admiral Nagora. <laughs> Seldom used, little known reserve activation clause. Shorter terms or. They drafted me. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just get on board and shave that crap off your face. Take that stupid medallion off. <laughs> the 60s are Just over, man. Just go dead, man. <laughs> Disco died 300 years ago. What the hell's wrong with you? Yeah. Hustle off and get rid of your beard. <laughs> Why don't you boogie on down and shoot that thing? <laughs> Boogie on down to the Ebolian barber. <laughs> it all comes back to Floyd in the end. Oh, yes. You get Floyd in, as you have, whoever the actor was that played Floyd playing the Ebolian. <laughs> yeah. With a mustache. <laughs> the bowling part with the black mustache. It's just, oh, yes, yes. Yes. Hello, Captain Picard. I haven't seen much in the barbershop, Captain Picard. Uh, I could do wonders for your scalp. Let me give you a little massage. Yes, yes. I have magic fingers, you know. That's not my scalp. Oh, 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 oh I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> the line stops here. <laughs> But maybe a little... F Wait, that's Sean Connery doing Patrick Stewart. A little further. <laughs> I, I I see my cut has improved your voice. Oh, sorry. Now I'm getting into Highlander. 
I've killed the show. <laughs> yeah, you, you have. Why don't we why don't we rate this one? Ooh. So men say three fools. I think it's the I thought it was a song cue. No, 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 no. Uh three out of three out of five caniculus fives? I, I, wait, that would be three-fifths? Three yeah, well, I guess three out of five would be three-fifths. But three-fifths and a five... Oh, God, I hate fractions! Oh, sorry. I was told there wouldn't be math. That was all right. You know, I mean, I'm, I, I'm still shocked that there's a Diogenes reference that as much as... As much as, like, they try to keep it, it's like, yeah, let's throw something in to make the kids think. But it's not a bad episode. It's all right. But yeah, it does kind of you. It makes you think about future things that might uh, be referenced or uh, what did happen to this Spock. And where? Did, why are they getting the giant clothes? Where's my giant uniform? Hold on. I mean, There's you know, my com badge, which is the size of a car. <laughs> well, no, no, no. Those weren't com badges yet. That was just something on the uniform. But what are, I mean, one of the people, if you look at the picture that's on the Memory Alpha page with the Spocks and with the Caniculus 5 and Spock 2, and then you've got all the people are like in shadows down at the bottom, they could fit inside that boot that Spock's wearing. That would be funny to see. Anyway, so yeah, three out of five. Yeah, you know, it was all right. It was fun enough. The dialogue was good. There was some good animation backgrounds in it. The ending silly, but whatever. Uh, I'll go three as well. I went uh, three as well. Three cans of DDT. <laughs> well, I, uh, I I thought it hit on a lot of things that w- could be fodder for <clears throat> discussion, but because it's kind of dumbed down for you know to to make it short and to just kind of like sweep some issues under the carpet. I gave it a 2.5. Oh, how about them bat creatures? <laughs> like these things only make one sound? Oh. <laughs> like James doing. Oh, yeah. I'm surprised he had voiced that too. You know what? I'm just looking. I don't think we have a Blaine email. <gasps> he didn't send one for this one? <laughs> Sorry, I suddenly hit puberty again. Well, you know, what with, like, you know, fatherhood and all of that stuff. He may have been Oh, busy. I thought he might have, like, already had them pre-done like he did. He, with, he uh, did, he did some of them pre, you know, in advance, but mm-hmm. I don't think he did this one. This is the seventh episode, and I have six emails from him. What does Blaine say? Don't know. <laughs> well, you know what? We're gonna, I, I assume before Dave gets around to editing this, Blaine will get around to sending us his email, even though I could be wrong. If he does, we'll insert it here. Incoming transmission. Hi, guys. Ah, the infinite Vulcan. For openers, let the scientist in me get two things out of the way. Number one. Using 70% of the brain is not a high ratio. 
The humans use only 10% of their brains thing has been attributed to multiple origins, but it's a myth. We may only use 10% of our brains for a specific task or at a specific moment in time, but every part of the brain is used at some point in a typical day. I will resist the urge to claim exceptions for people with certain political views. Number two, the square cube law makes it challenging to increase something's size without causing massive problems. This one might be okay though. Spock was the model, sure, but the original Spock didn't grow. Instead, Dr. Caniculus made a new Spock as a modified clone. So we might be able to assume that the clone had the required structural changes to withstand the process. That does beg the question of why he needed a model if he had that level of genetic control, though. So, those two points out of the way, there are things to love about this. A return to the eugenics wars is welcome, especially since Kanunian Sung is now happily living out the rest of his life on SETI Alpha 5. We get the first reference to the Kazinti of Larry Niven's known space, who will not only be appearing later, but who I have long felt were the inspiration for the structure of the Klingon society that we finally see in Star Trek The Next Generation. They were legally licensed for use here and will appear on screen twice, once in an adaptation of a Niven short story in an episode written by Niven himself. Finally, it has a very Star Trek ending. Instead of some grandiose battle, the new Spock just stays true to his character and chooses not to go along with the Augment's original plans, finding an ethically preferable way to attain the same noble goals for a local race. So Walter Koenig is clearly a capable writer, and he's got the Star Trek credentials to back it up. Props to Leonard Nimoy for making sure that he got the offer when Filmation said they had no room for Chekhov because they created RX. So that's what Blaine says. <laughs> you could have just listened to, to five minutes of silence for all we know. Just leave all that in there, Dave. <laughs> what are we doing next time? Next time on an all-new episode of Toon Trek. The magics. Spelt wrong. Of Megas 2. Well, it's spelt in like that word that the Scarlet Witch would spell it. But yeah, it's because why does it need an OU in it, Andy? <laughs> yeah, it needs a U in it. It should be Magix. Uh, Alright, so we'll do that next time, and uh, I guess that's it. Goodbye, everybody. Hurrah. Goodbye. Trek is based upon Star Trek, created by Gene Roddenberry, and is a Two True Freaks presentation. It's hosted by Andrew Leyland, Paul Spataro, Dave Pascarella, Bill Robinson, and produced and guest-hosted on occasion by J. David Wheaton. All music and clips are copyright the respective copyright holders and no infringement is intended. This is a review show and as such protected under fair use. Yeah, let's go with that. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Toon Trek.